As we begin this morning, I simply want to say, every mom here, happy Mother's Day. You know, we're really handicapped. We can't do without you. In fact, if you notice, when we're giving the gifts out to the moms, it required moms to help the kids give the gifts out to get it organized. That's just the way it is. And I'm going to be mindful of my time because a mom sitting right there, Lori Manderson, said, five-minute sermon, five-minute sermon. And she can't help it. It wasn't her mom that did that. It was her dad. Billy Driggers taught her, watch the watch. So I'll, I'll try to do that. I'll try to do that. Listen, we've got the story of a mom. I always try to talk about a mom that is impressive or powerful in Scripture. And this is one that's so often overlooked. I've never heard a sermon ever about Elizabeth, the wife of Zechariah, and the mom of the According to Jesus, the greatest man that ever walked the earth was his cousin, John the Baptist. This is a remarkable woman. And I remind you that some things happened ahead of time that we don't even realize in this story. Before the miraculous conception of Jesus through the Holy Spirit in the womb of Mary, something miraculous happened with Elizabeth and Zechariah. It was so magnificent and so surprising that even Zechariah didn't believe it. And he was put in a state of inability to communicate for some time because he didn't believe. God requires for us to believe and trust. He wants us to listen to him and understand what he's saying. I want to remind you the background of this. Most likely, Mary and Joseph were both 16 and, and, and Mary was 16 and Joseph was probably 18. But Zechariah and Elizabeth, very different. They were much older, much older, beyond childbearing years. So this is a miraculous thing that happens. It's amazing also that it says that John was to turn the hearts of the parents to the children. Now, if that sounds a little bit familiar, it should, because the last words of the prophet Malachi, 400 years before that, this event, that's spoken of here, 400 years before that, Malachi says... And he shall turn the hearts of the fathers to their children and the hearts of the children to their fathers, lest I come and smite the earth with a curse. The day we live in, the problem we've got in our society today is that the, the children and the parents seem to be separated. The children are on an equal footing with the parents. Satan loves to disturb what God has created, and God created it that way for a purpose and a reason. And I'm so glad we have moms and dads here today that are bringing the children up in the truth and the admonition of the Lord, and they'll understand that. I want to remind you, too, that, that the world had waited for a Savior for centuries, and suddenly he arrived. But before we hear of the miraculous birth of Jesus, we hear of the, of the situation with Zechariah and Elizabeth. Zechariah and Elizabeth had no children. Zechariah was a priest in the reign of Herod, Elizabeth was a descendant of Aaron. The announcement came of all places in the temple where it should have been. When Gabriel spoke to Zechariah, he was serving and he was working. I think that's magnificent. We see that. You know, I read a, a quote the other day. Billy Sunday said years ago, he said, Try praising your wife even if it does frighten her at first. So guys, remember that. You know, don't just do it on Mother's Day. Encourage her. Let her know who she is and how she's changed your life as well as your children's life. 
a church sign one, many years ago I read it said, if evolution is true, how many mothers still have just two hands? If evolution was true, you just had 20 hands because of the work you do. You're constantly serving and giving. And when you get to the end of your strength, God seems to give you extra strength. And as I often say to you, God gave one of the greatest gifts to women. He didn't give it to men. He gave it to women. They're most godlike in that they can create life. And looking at these three beautiful ones that God has given us down here, it reminded me that God blessed women with that greatest of gifts and how blessed he is in an amazing way. You know, um, I read a story. A little boy was attending his first wedding. And after the service, he was talking to his mom. And, and, and he said, you know, it's kind of weird because according to the preacher, uh, the, a wife can have 16 husbands. She said, he didn't say that. I listened to everything he said. And she said, yeah, he did. He said, four, four richer, four poor, four <laughs> sickness, and four in hell. You have 16. You know what? The re reality is a wife has a tough enough time working with one of us guys. But you do a great job. You sacrifice and you give. And I'm so thankful for that. You give so much. Mary was an amazing person, but her cousin Elizabeth was magnificent. She was at a point where she should have given up and forgotten about that, but when God spoke, they were prepared and they served in a mighty way. There could have never been a Jesus coming into the world as king without one going before him to say, he is the one. I think it's magnificent that, that John the Baptist's faith was so amazing that he actually went and sent people to Jesus and said, ask him if he's the one. I just want to make sure that he knows that he's the one because I know John the Baptist was different. He didn't dress like they did. He didn't eat what they would eat. He was different because remember when Herod went after the babies to kill all the firstborn children, boys, they scattered. Jesus, Mary, and Joseph headed down to Egypt and in the other direction, into the desert, the Essene desert, traveled Zechariah, Elizabeth, and John. John, no doubt, was raised by the Essenes, the people who wrote and, and compiled and left behind the Dead Sea Scrolls, as we call them today. And understanding that, we understand why he was the way he was. But here's what I want you to think about this morning when you look at Elizabeth and think about the mom that she was. Number one, a mother called by God submits completely to the will of God. And she did that. At a time in her life when she probably should have been enjoying life and backing off of responsibility, she became a mother. Just knowing what John the Baptist was like, he was not your typical child. She didn't raise him in a house in a comfortable community. She raised him out in the desert for fear that he would die. What's amazing, though, is when Elizabeth spoke, she said, I am the Lord's servant. She realized what faithfulness was all about. And at a time when she would have rather not, she chose to say yes. And I think that's amazing. Mary never wavered in her complete submission to God's will, but she had her older cousin to follow. And she admired and understood the importance of that. Secondly, a mother is called by God to have, have to be perfect in many ways. How they do that, I don't know. Moms have a way of giving, and they never seem to lose what they have there. They never seem to argue or fuss or give up. 
I read a story about a mom, uh, Linda Knuckles, in Massachusetts that about 25 years ago, uh, her daughter was getting married, and she wanted everything to be perfect, like all moms do for their daughters. And in the midst of the beginning of the wedding, they had uh, 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 three candles off to the side. They were memorial candles to be uh, lighted by the parents in honor of their parents who were deceased. And Linda goes up to light the one candle in memory of her mom and her dad, and she goes up first. But she didn't realize that, that, that when they had done her nails, they put a little too much acrylic on her small pinky hand here. And when she reached up to light the candle, her nail was lighted. Now, what do you do with that? She was beautiful. You know what she did? She blew out the, the, the lighter she had. She took her finger, and she lit the candle... And then she flicked it like that. And they said she was the hit of the whole wedding. Everybody applauded her. And she went into the reception. She said, everybody wanted a picture of my nail. That's what a mother does. They don't get offset or upset or fall apart when something happens. They continue to move on. They are the stability in a room that's in crisis. The mom is the one that speaks up and speaks out at just the right time to make sure everything goes the right way. That's so important. I was kind of hoping today that, that, uh, that uh, Frank Pierce would be here. He wasn't able to because the story I'm about to share with you is about a neighbor and some folks he was acquainted with. Dr. Benjamin Carson, who served and in, in, uh, is the, uh, the head of uh, housing for the whole United States under the Trump administration, grew up in, in Detroit, Michigan. He was a neighbor of Frank Pierce's. He knew him. Frank knew him growing up. Ben Carson was an amazing surgeon. You know, he performed uh, a, a neurosurgery on conjoined twins and separated them. He did many great things in his life. But some people don't know the story about Mrs. Carson, his mom. She saw potential in her son. And when he was very young, she made sure that he and his brother Curtis did a book report every week, not for the school, but for her. They had to read a book that she assigned, and they had to write a book report and turn it into her every week on top of their regular schoolwork. And they did it. They compiled literally hundreds of book reports over a period of years. The amazing thing about this that most of us didn't know until after Ben Carson's mom died was she couldn't read. She grew up in very poor circumstances in Detroit. She had to go to work as a very young child. She had a disability in reading, and she never learned to read. And, and Dr. Ben Carson didn't know that till his mom passed away. And one of her older sisters shared with, with him that. I'm telling you the story to tell you this, that moms sometimes have difficulties and disabilities, but they never stop them from fulfilling their destiny because it's not done with education, it's done with faithfulness and commitment. And that's what really matters. Ben Carson did not allow being raised with an illiterate mom to change him because she was probably one of the smartest women in Detroit at that time because she saw potential in the life of her son and she never gave up. Many people would complain and gripe and say, well, you know, I'd love to do that, but I can't. I'm just, you know, it's not, it's society's fault or my family's fault or the school's fault. She never did that. But thirdly, a mom called by God never relinquishes the title moms you all know this that when you when you become a mother you never retire from it do you 
You never go back to being, you know, on your own and doing your own thing. Suddenly, you speak for your children, no matter what age they are. And, and it's amazing, and I've learned this, that, that I don't care how old your kids are. If they come home to be at your house, they're back little again. Same gripe, same complaint, same disagreement, same thing goes right back there. And I'll tell you why. There's something about the safety and the sanctity of the home and the mom overseeing them that takes them back to a time that they loved so dearly. Moms do that in a special way, and they never retire from that work. And it's so very, very important. You'll find mothers like that in the halls of major hospitals. You'll find them serving and giving to friends and family in funeral homes, in counselor's offices, in the workplace, in the neighborhood. They're the voice there that stabilizes everyone. Mothers never relinquish the title. Even if the child is rebellious or harsh or cruel, her heart just will not allow it. Not when she is called by God to serve in a mighty way. And it's important for us to do that and to follow that and to be obedient in every way as we follow him. May we be faithful to what we do. And may God bless the moms as they follow him.